0: I'm Maddie Mote and welcome to the 8th episode of Discover the Wall from English Heritage. It's early in the morning and I've just arrived at Chester's where they have a fantastic 19th century museum. And actually I'm here to find out more about the Romans and religion and apparently this is one of the best places to do just that. So, going in now. I'm here at Chester's Roman Fortum Museum to meet Francis, a curator
1: with English Heritage. Good morning, welcome to Chester's and the Clayton <laughs> Thank so Museum. Thank so It is, we've managed to get them to open up early, so we've got the run of the museum ourselves, which is a real treat. Have you had plenty of tea? Plenty of tea, yes. <laughs> Good.
0: Well, I mean, I'm here today really to find out about the Romans and religion. And I guess the first question
1: is, were they religious? They were, but maybe in a different way to how we would understand religion. Um, It was much more all-encompassing, so all aspects of life. And also, there wasn't just one god, as they say in Christianity or in Islam. There were many, many gods. It was a religion that was polytheistic, so lots of different gods and goddesses. So how would the Romans have gone about worshipping lots of different gods? Well, every god or a deity, which means a god or a goddess had a responsibility for one aspect of life. Okay. So it was gods and goddesses for every aspect of life and almost every place. So maybe the local spring would have its own deity.
0: So actually quite a lot of time
1: would be spent worshipping these different gods. Yeah, it would be a much bigger part of people's life. You know, you would maybe go and make an offering at an altar or you might um, wear a brooch with a symbol from a deity if you wanted to make that association. It was everything in life was linked up with these deities because they really thought that they had control of your life. OK. So is making offerings one of the ways of worshipping these deities? That's right. So Roman religion was kind of contractual. So if you wanted Mercury <laughs> to help you in a good business deal, you would say to Mercury, please help me make a good profit on this next business deal. And if you do, I will build you an altar or I will offer you a sheep. And if you had a good business deal, you were expected to hold up your end of the bargain as well. And they would believe that the bigger, the better the offering, the more likely you were to get the God's considerations?
0: That's right, yes. There's an amazing museum here at Chester's, full of things that will help me find out more about Romans and their religious beliefs. So, what do we have here at the Clayton Museum that can help us to understand or get, make sense of all these different
1: deities? Well, when you come in, in the porch, we've built a small replica Roman temple. And um, if you follow the instructions, you can learn quite a lot more about all the gods and goddesses from Roman Britain.
0: And I want to give it a go. In front of me, I have a, a replica temple and then there's a screen that's giving me different instructions. And um, Francis, what do I have to do to find out my deities?
1: So you need to pick up one of the votive lamps from the bottom. What's, a, what, what's a votive lamp? It's a little circle um, with three spots for lights that you will offer to the deities. If you pick it up and pop it in the cup at the top.
0: Okay, so I can choose any votive lamp that I want. Here we go. I'm just popping this on the cup at the top of the... Uh... Oh.
1: Welcome to Chester's. My name is Juno, Queen of the Gods. My fellow gods can help you succeed in the mortal realm. The gods offer help in return for a gift of light. The lights I now put in your votive lamp. Do you see? It's lit up now with three lights of three gods. But be careful to choose those that most suit your needs. Then return your votive lamp to me to receive your reward. Now you've got your three lights. We'll go into the museum and you need to pick which three deities or gods you want to offer your light to and we'll come back pop it back in the temple and you'll get a bit of information and you can find out which aspects of your life will now be much better for those offerings. This is very exciting. So was light,
0: I guess, in the form of candles or lanterns? Is that is that something that the Romans would have offered the gods as well?
1: Yeah, that's um, one aspect, but it might have been also money or gifts. Um, or sheep. Or um, yeah, animal <laughs> sacrifice. Obviously in a museum, we've gone for something that you know, it's not <laughs> yeah, we don't want to be carting sheep around. No. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to take
0: my votive That's lamp. That's right,
1: now. and we'll go into the museum. Oh,
0: this is so exciting. So my little, it's almost like a wooden hockey puck, I would say, my mm-hmm. little votive lamp. It's well, Since I placed it on the cup, it's now got three lights on it. So now I've got to find the deities to make my offerings. And to do that, we're walking into the
1: museum Okay. So when you walk in, it does look a bit different to some of the modern museums. It you see. really
0: does. We are just surrounded by lots of stonework. We've got different pillars, various carvings, and a huge number of altars. And a lot of altars. Okay. So
1: where sh- where should we go first? Um, well, let's have a look. So anywhere that's got these white stands, this is somebody you could make an offering to. But remember, you've only got three.
0: Okay, all right, well, first of all, we've come across um, the altar of an emperor. What would be the benefit of... uh...
1: Well, if you are worshiping the emperor, Mm -hmm. you're kind of asking the other gods to look after the emperor. And as the emperor's in charge of the empire, maybe that means that the empire's gonna be a bit safer.
0: All right, okay, so that'd be quite a selfless offering. Yeah. now I've got mercury. How, How do we know that this particular stone altar
1: is is for Mercury. So this is actually referring to the picture one above, and we know what Mercury looks like because we've got some inscriptions with his picture. So Mercury, the god of trade, is often depicted as a um, money bag. So if I wanted success
0: in my business, yep. if I was a tradesman, Mercury, Mercury would be a, be a good very good choice. Yep. right? So we can walk around. I'm looking at all the deities that are here in the museum, and it's time to decide which gods I want to make an offering to. All right, Francis. so I've now got to make a choice and I can only pick three. That's right. I think I'll start by making an offering to Minerva. So I've got my votive in my hand. What do I do? So if you pop it on the circle here. Oh, and one of the lights just faded away. Minerva was the goddess of wisdom, war, art, schools and commerce. And I've just made her an offering of lights. There are two left. And now let's walk back over to where there was the relief of the three water nymphs because I really like the idea of Coventina. So I'll place one offering here. Coventina was the goddess of the spring here, but which god will get my final light? A lot of the deities seem to have some sort of relationship or tie with the military, which makes sense because of where we are, a lot of soldiers. So for that reason, I'm going to pick victory. Placing the votive on the plaque. And my last light has just disappeared.
1: Oh, I see you chose wisely. Take your oracle. Remember your commitment and the gods will do your bidding. If you want to make your own offerings,
0: you can. Just search Chester's Roman Fort and Museum to find out more. This has been really fun, but is there anywhere we can go to actually see a temple
1: for ourselves. Yeah, so a fort really close by, Carabruff, has got a temple to Mithras, which you can see, and Andrew is kind of ready and raring to take you. Mithras was a
0: mystery god who was popular with the Roman soldiers living along Hadrian's wall. I'm with Andrew, a historian with English heritage, who's telling me more. Francis promised me a real temple and a little insight into the mystery god of Mithras. So uh, Andrew has brought me to this site. Uh, Where are we, Andrew? We're at Carabra. Carabra, and what am I looking at right now?
2: You're looking at a temple of Mithras or a Mithraeum.
0: Okay. And what can we see?
2: Well, it's it's very small, which is quite typical for these these type of things. It's uh, it's quite it's quite intimate, it's quite secluded. Is that
0: quite typical?
2: That is quite typical and it, and it's done on purpose. It's supposed to it's supposed to resemble the cave in which the god Mithras killed a sacred bull, which is the sort of the foundation myth. So this course. is this is typical of temples specifically for Mithras. For Mithras, yes. Not necessarily Roman temples in general. Some of them are quite grand <laughs> and, and quite, quite, quite overwhelming but this is this is very sort of low-key and, and possibly quite dark. Shall we and walk really through flickering it? Flickering lights. You know, Maybe we can imagine. Yeah. Right
0: now we're just walking along the temple so would this have been some kind of walkway leading up to the altars yes, at so the got end? Yes, an
2: aisle leading up to the altars. On either side you'd have the worshippers sitting down. In 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 um uh order of precedence so the different ranks within the within the cult of mithras so only it would only probably be the uh uh, the father the the highest rank in the temple who would be allowed uh, to sort of conduct the services from up here
0: so would everybody have worshipped mithras on this particular site in kalbra
2: probably not actually it was probably limited Um, We don't know a huge amount about um, who or how many people worshipped Mithras, but we know it was popular with soldiers. We also know that, and and only soldiers, only men were actually allowed to to be worshippers. And we also know that it did cut across the usual social uh, order of, of 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 the Romans. So it, you could be sort of quite lowly, uh, so sort of lowest lowly soldier, and you could belong to the temple alongside um, somebody who was an officer.
0: Do we know if there would have been particular services that people would have had to, had to have attended? <laughs>
2: Again, it's all shrouded in mystery, yeah. but what we do know is that in order to progress through the seven ranks of membership, you would have had to have conducted some kind of an ordeal, whether that was sort of mental or physical, in order to prove that you were worthy of progressing oh, gosh, to next level. Gosh, this is like level. a
0: religion in its own right. It's quite
2: special. It's not entirely unique, but it's 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 quite different from some of the other Roman religions.
0: So if you were a soldier who worshipped Mithras, came to this temple... Would you still make an offering to victory every now and again?
2: Uh, Yeah, you could. it's, It's not exclusive. You can still worship the other gods.
0: In the next episode of Discover the Wall, I'm visiting the Roman town of Corbridge.
2: So we're a couple of miles south of Hadrian's Wall. What you have here is a bustling frontier town
0: exploring what life was like living along the wall. Just as we do now, the Romans, they would have walked along the high street, they would have popped into the shops along it, and actually I can do exactly the same in Corbridge right now. And if you want to discover Hadrian's Wolf yourself, just search English Heritage online and find out more about the amazing things you can see and do at Corbridge Roman Town, Chester's Roman Fort and Museum, Halstead's Roman Fort and the Oswald Roman Fort.